All right, guys, welcome to the Self Love Effect podcast. I'm your host, Desiree Toppings. And if you have not done so already, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you never miss another podcast episode again. And please, if you like, please share and comment. That way other people are able to find this podcast a little easier when it comes to the algorithm. But anyway, I am overwhelmed and super excited about this episode in particular. But before we dive in, let's do our repeat after me. Um, and that way I can introduce our special guest. So as we did previously, I want you guys to repeat the I am and kind of give yourself a few seconds. Um, so, you know, you want to breathe in, inhale, exhale, but just give yourself a few seconds just to absorb that thought. Um, and also you can always go back and write these um, positive body image affirmations down. So repeat after me. I am beautiful. I am worth more than my appearance. I am enough. I can accomplish anything I set my mind to. I am grateful for everything my body allows me to do. I will not listen to the negative voices in my head. I love the woman staring back at me in the mirror. I will not compare myself to other women. I will treat my body with respect. My body is my home and I will build it up, not tear it down. I love myself. I love myself. I love myself. All right, guys. So I feel like this podcast episode is going to touch many of you, especially those of you who are still battling um, with, in a sense, this relationship with food and really understanding that mind, body, and food connection, and also just bringing some sense of healing. Um, a lot of us are still battle with that diet culture mentality with food and understanding it's okay to eat. If you feel like eating the pizza, have the slice of pizza, right? But, you know, we tend to stroll too much, maybe on social media and what we, what we hear, um, maybe celebrities talking about, and this is the way and the, the, the teas and, you know, all these supplements and the waist trainers, when in reality, it's more than that. And we need to strip away at all the things being thrown at us left and right. Um, and really get down to what the real root of it all is. And it really starts with our mindset. So with me today, I have nutrition mindset coach, Shanique Allen. Welcome to the self love effect podcast. I'm so excited to have you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So you have an incredible platform on social media. Your IG is loaded with so much information and just, you really get down to the root of speaking about nutrition in regards to it starts with the mindset. And you have this quote that you say your mindset around food is a reflection of how you see yourself. And when I read that, it reminded me when I had my eating disorder, that really just comes full circle. It is exactly what it, what, it, what you say is exactly what it is. You know, when 
we see ourselves a certain way when we restrict ourselves, you know, it all comes down to it. It makes complete sense. And you also have another one that I kind of chuckle at and I wanted to share it really quick before I ask you to elaborate, you know, on your, um, how you got to becoming a nutrition coach and just, you know, the stages of your life. Cause I know you were involved a lot, you know, you started, you've been involved in the fitness industry for quite some time. Um, but before that, stop expecting excitement from your nutrition plan. It's not a Nintendo game. <laughs> and I was like, woof, she hit the nail on that. But yeah, so um, tell us, tell us when, how did it start? How did you get to where you're at today? Um, give us some insight. Uh, we only have what, 60 minutes for this. So well, we can go over just a little bit if you have time. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I won't get into all of that, but, uh, I'm Shanique and I am a nutrition mindset coach. And I mean, people will just see the nutrition piece and just say you're a nutrition coach, but to be more specific, I'm a nutrition habits and mindset coach. And I've been in the fitness industry for well over 12, 12, 15 years to be exact. Um, I started as a personal trainer, group fitness instructor, and then nutrition was just a small piece of it then because it was focused mostly on the teaching, you know, the getting, helping people get strong and getting in, you know, movement through certain different types of classes. Um, but then the nutrition piece was something that a lot of the female clients, that, well, a lot of the clients will stop because I did coach both men and women that they struggled with. So I decided to, okay, let's back, let's see how I can complement this, um, the fitness training with the nutrition coaching. But what happened was as I went through the um, accreditation, you know, getting the nutrition accreditation and stuff was that a lot of it was super technical and it's, you know, the, the, the what of the nutrition, the how much to eat. And very little of it was the soft side of it, the, 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 the skills that help you navigate the difficulties of daily life or daily living. Um, because you weren't just going to the gym for one hour a day or the whole day. That was just one hour of your day. You had the rest of your day to deal with. Um, but I myself um, fell into it where I was competing and did bodybuilding competitions. And again, that was focused a lot on the physique and the nutrition piece, as in how much I ate, when I ate, uh, if I stuck to the food list and if I you know, nailed my macros, that type of thing. And my husband and I were talking about this just yesterday, that you know, the thing I realized now in hindsight I was missing then was that soft skill that when I explained to the coach at the time, you know, that I had a really rough week or I, you know, I was very tired that week. The focus wasn't so much on, okay, what was happening on the back end? The focus was just on, well, you know, work on nailing it a little more next time or doing a little better next time. It wasn't so much as guiding me through the emotions and where, where my mind was at. So for years, having just not dealt with that, when I stopped competing and life started to happen, it just so happened that I couldn't maintain the way I was eating, the regimented way of eating, because my mindset was on, you know, it needed to fit into these neat boxes and it needed to be, for want of a better word, perfect and it needed to look a certain way. But when my life started to, I guess, happen normally, what people would consider normal living, um, you know, parents got sick, had to deal with family drama or family issues. Um, 
I got married, I moved, all of those things kind of interrupt, want of a better word again, interrupt my mm. properly planned way of doing things. So when that started to happen and my nutrition started to just unravel, like I just, I knew what I needed to eat, but doing it was just something that wasn't happening. And I realized that a lot of that was around what was happening in my head and the ideas I had around it. And because I was going through burnout also, or I went through burnout also and not knowing at the time, when everything came to a head, I just couldn't, just couldn't keep doing it. So I was like, how am I going to get out of this? How am I, I need to get out of it because this is not me. I can't continue living exhausted, tired, and in this state of constant um, battle with myself. How am I going to get out of it? So I pretty much just burnt everything I knew to the ground and just started from scratch as far as let's just deal with the basics. And then the more I started to do that and focus on why did I was I holding on to a lot of these body image um, ideals because my nutrition was driven my nutrition was driven a lot by what I wanted to accomplish with my body in terms of how I wanted it to look. Because coming from the bodybuilding and physique world you know, being lean or being, you know, sculpted was the ideal. And having done that for so long, not seeing it anymore was kind of a, like, what Mm -hmm. am I going to do? Like, it's not happening. So I'm at fault. I'm failing. It's something that's wrong with me. So, and knowing that I was at that crossroad that no, it can't possibly be just me. It can't be, I know it can't be this. I know something is wrong. So I kind of just burnt everything to the ground and started from scratch to examine the thoughts I had around nutrition and health and what it meant and why it started to question why it needed to look like that and sorry and that's how I started to explore the way we think about food and the way we approach health and the way we approach our nutrition in regards to health and realized that a lot of it was built on one one version and it wasn't particularly a healthy one for me so um that's my own experience but then I tied it back to the experience I was having with the clients their struggle was pretty much the same like when the life was happening when they stepped outside of the gym it was interfering with their ability to stick to the plan to stay on the straight and narrow and people kept just start a mission as black and white where you're either following the new meal plan or Mm -hmm. you're failing and that was not helping them. And I wasn't helping them by pushing the image of, you know, they needed to send me their, their um, what you may call it, pictures of their food or they needed to track their food. It wasn't helping them. It wasn't helping them go anywhere. And as I started to kind of ask better questions, because I recognized that, I kind of realized that, okay, it's not about food. It's about everything else, but more so it's about their perceived ideas um, of what healthy nutrition is supposed to look like and what health is supposed to look like and what they're supposed to be doing and just help them explore that and help them find ways that they really could um, pursue health in a way that doesn't burn them out, doesn't stress them out, doesn't make their lives harder because that's what was happening. So that's not a very long roundabout way of saying it took realizing that a lot of the work that I was helping clients with was more along the mindset piece. Even though we're working on the habits, I did a lot of exploration as far as the things that they were struggling with and how to set themselves up to navigate that and kind of step away from the black and white, all or nothing mentality, the diet mentality. Mm. Um, And just in recent 
years, over the last year, where it's been mostly on that mindset piece, um, mm-hmm. just helping people explore um, their own mindset and releasing the the diet mentality because yeah oh let me not, not say release more like destroy that's my attempt my, yes, my intention no. to destroy yeah. the diet mentality and help people adopt a healthier nutrition mindset so that's the work I do that's and it's born out of my own experience but also recognizing that a lot of people already know what fruits and vegetables are they know how important it is they know how important it is to have you know enough protein some people just might struggle with not having enough they know how important it is to eat whole grains um you know fiber is important people know these things for the most part um and if people don't know they have an idea albeit it might be skewed by a particular diet um diet uh, protocol yeah okay right? okay yeah so they do have some vague sense even if it's misguided mm. people generally do have yeah. that idea of what healthy food really is what's let me rephrase i was going to say what screws people up but what challenges people for the most part is buying into the idea that you're not living healthy you're not eating healthy if you aren't eating clean foods if you aren't avoiding foods if you aren't burning or punishing your body for eating Mm -hmm. or if you're not feeling guilt for you know um indulging or if you're just not walking the straight and narrow if you're not staying on track but health is a spectrum wellness is a spectrum so getting people to kind of broaden your minds of what health is but realizing that it can be what it needs to be for them to thrive for them to be healthy but they have to be willing to listen pay attention and stop focusing on what everyone else is saying and what the fad diets are saying and what the outward appearance um is the ideal rather Mm -hmm. so if people can start focusing on themselves and less on what the ideal or the standard is i think we would not have as difficult a time as a lot of people are having yeah, I hope yeah, that answers yeah. what you were asking. No, yeah, absolutely. No, I love it. Um, and it's in a in reality, our our lives revolve around food. Uh, we go if you want to go to a birthday party, there's going to be food there. You're celebrating something. If you just want to go out to dinner with your family, normally we'll go to a restaurant. And when it comes to restrictive eating, when it comes to following the straight and narrow path more times than none, you're going to sit there obsessing over what you're going to order or what you're going to eat. If you can go to that party and you really just shut off a part of your life. So you, in a sense, living half your life rather than to the fullest. And I could say that. And that's why I love your page because coming from bulimia and binge eating for 11 years, I restricted so much of my life and I didn't go to things because I was scared to eat or scared that they didn't have the meals, um, that I would be able to eat like the food. And that's what I was telling you in the beginning, um, before recording is that for the longest time. And, and I, and I could say hate, because I hate that there's still trainers out there and diets telling people carbs are the devil when carbs are a primary source of energy. I was so scared to eat tortillas 
And that is part of my culture. We eat those. We make them by hand. I can eat them all day if if you let me. Um, But why is it that we constantly put these restrictions and, and, and these limitations when food is our way of survival? Um, but I mean, in regards to culture and, um, the way people think, you know, what kind of insight can you give us in regards to, you know, seeing that and have play an effect in other people's lives? Cause I feel like that's a, that's a big one where, you know, yes, people compare themselves and, you know, if she eats this and I have to eat this, but a large part of it is that, that we're restricting ourselves to so much that up here it starts to limit our ability to enjoy our life to the fullest. Well, for the most part, I mean, you highlighted something I said that the relationship with food is just a reflection of your relationship with yourself. And the one thing, and even in our cultures, um, it's something that we've been conditioned to from very early in our lives. Um, You know, I hear stories of people saying they were told, you know, to watch what they eat from as early as seven or you know nine years old either being put on a diet that type of thing you know and it culturally it does happen as well where people are told you need to watch what you eat or um you know some changes something changed with you and your family or somebody's going to mention oh well you got fat or you put on weight or so we've been conditioned to to think in terms of controlling our bodies and that doing that through food and what ha- the struggle is food isn't one food like you said food we're surrounded by food in every single aspect but because we are constantly told that we need to control ourselves we can't be our true selves food is one way to help control us we and if we can have control over food we'll have control over our lives yeah. I mean that's 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 my thinking that's what that is but for the most part, when it comes to food and how you relate and how you express yourself and how you um, take up space in the world, when we give food all of this power, again, because of all the messaging and all of the conditioning, we give food all of this power, or rather we put food on this pedestal, which then we try to uh, match, live up to... Mm-hmm think of anything else you want to look at but food is put on its pedestal and then we can't explore the range of food that exists of our own free will we have to ask permission we have somebody has to tell us okay it's okay for you to have that or somebody has to deem it healthy low carb for Mm. you to want to explore your own curiosity because i think that if people are given that permission or if they give themselves that permission food becomes less charged food becomes less um this dangling carrot um i guarantee you anyone that has done this kind of work will find themselves 100 okay being around food at any point in the day at any time it, it doesn't matter i mean and people will develop habits where they'll set themselves up for um not success but um better navi- better a better way of navigating themselves within those situations, food situations. For example, you will learn through experience how much you, how much better you're able to function when you're when you've eaten. 
So for instance, if you're gonna go to a function, you're gonna go out and have fun with people. One of the worst things you can do is to go being hungry. Because when you go being hungry, hunger is gonna do what hunger is going to do. And that's your body's physiological response, which means at no point are you gonna be even aware or are you gonna be concerned or are you gonna even think about, okay, what it is I'm eating, you're just gonna wanna eat. And then what's gonna come after that is this guilt. If you, when you have an expanded mind or when you, you're no longer in that mentality, what tends to happen is even if you go out and you are not, you have not eaten, the one thing that you're going to want to ask yourself or what's going to happen is you're going to ask yourself how in this situation I've not properly fed myself or I've not done a great job of it. Okay, that's the situation. How can I then do that in this situation as opposed to thinking, oh my God, I'm starved. That means now it's free for all and I can just go all in Mm. because there is that potent power of food that because you've restricted it, then now you can go all in on it versus thinking or releasing yourself of that tether to food. You recognize the situation, but that comes from self-awareness. You recognize the situation. I'm hungry. I didn't eat very well today. How am I going to set myself up now to feel better? Because clearly if I'm hungry, I'm not going to feel great. And if I try to stuff my face, I'm not going to feel great. Um, but because I know food is always an option, food is always open to me. It's any build to me anytime I want in whatever situation it is. I'm no longer feeling pressed to make up for what I missed, which is what happened with people in disordered eating and what happens with people who have been restricting themselves with food but comes with a lot of awareness and it comes with a lot of willing yeah uncomfortable mm-hmm. or discomfort rather because to find yourself aware of these things it's not going to be comfortable or choosing to become aware of it it's not going to be comfortable um so i kind of forgot the question you asked honestly you what happened uh, in the <laughs> No, oh, I love it. You're talking about culture. You're talking about yeah. culture. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely forgot what you were No, asking. it's okay. I mean, I loved it because that was my leading up question to you is how has, in a sense, how has mindfulness and self-awareness helped you in your journey? Um, because it, it generally, all, everything we do in this life starts up here, right in our minds. And really it's just, it's the navigating force for what we do and how we feel. Um, so you kind of went into detail on that already. So I was like, oh yes, <laughs> or you're saying yes. <laughs> but I'm probably completely missed what you were asking me. Before. No, it, it actually, it hit because, you know, um, I, I think it went perfectly. Um, it it kind of, because you start off that way and then we like went into the mindfulness of it, but um, how would you say in, in, in your life, um, how has being more mindful and self-aware, listening to your body, listening to the, you know, maybe the things you eat and what works better for you, because what works for me isn't going to mind it might not work for you, or I should say it won't work for you because all our bodies are different. We all possess different genetics. And I feel like that's a big one on social media, especially. And that was the one thing that um, you had spoken about what the beginning of this year, 
Um, and it really, I was just like, she's absolutely right because there's too many times where I've caught myself thinking, oh, in the past, oh, what is so-and-so like, you know, a fitness influencer eating? Cause you know, I should be eating that too. When that's not the way it works. Yeah. Which is why I don't believe in the, what I eat in a day that mm-hmm. people tend to do. It's just something that annoys me for the simple reason. I mean, people will ask, because uh, and generally people ask these questions, what you eat in a day or what do what does your diet look like? People will ask because they think if they do the same thing, it will lead to the same outcome for them. But no matter how many times you say it, people still won't grasp the idea that it don't matter what somebody else eats because what they're eating is is helping or maybe it's not helping, but you will never, ever know whether or not it is. Um, You are unique. You are different. Your physiology is different. And while food in and of itself... Um, the properties of food will impact, um, will technically have the same impact. How it's manifested in people will differ, in every person will differ. And one of the, the biggest downfalls I see with people working their way through nutrition habits and healthy nutrition habits is the idea that if it works for somebody else, it will work for me. And that's what, what drives a lot of people doing all of these diets, these fat diets, because it helps so-and-so lose 30 pounds. So it needs to be what works for me. But the problem there is people won't take the time to figure out what works for them. They just figure, they just need to find a blueprint. They just need to take a, a template. They need to take a copy of somebody else and apply it to their lives. But one, their physiology is different. Two, their lives are different. Like your day, you've got kids, um, you've got responsibilities that are, look way different from me. I have no kids, mm-hmm. but who knows? Maybe I in run high blood pressure runs in my family. Thank God I don't have it. Those types of things I have to deal with. Um, you yeah. might not have those things, so I could eat this, try to eat the same thing as you, and it has the opposite effect if it has an effect on me. You know what I mean? And I think that trips people up a lot because they are looking outside of themselves for whatever solution it is that they are seeking so the yeah. thing the solution to my problem is what desri has mm-hmm. or what desri is doing it's not the solution to my my problem is figuring out what's going on with me and i think that's the biggest thing a lot of people are might not aren't even aware that they have to start with them what's going on with their lives and they will look at a lot of the surface level things people just look at the food and they will look at just the exercise but we fail to understand that our lives are made up of so many moving parts the stress that you have at work the stress that you have in your family the drama that you might be having going on in your family you might be at a certain age where your body's going through hormone changes um like for women over 40 which i'm in that age range now and so what i would have to look at right now would differ from me in my early 30s you know, given my family history and all that. So I can't possibly take somebody else's blueprint of food and apply it to my life. I have to figure out what's going on with me. For instance, right now, I'm going through quite a few different things. That's going to take time for me to figure out, but I could easily jump on and say, okay, if I could just go back to this diet, if I could just go back to cutting out these foods, then my body will return to normal. I have no way of knowing that. And there's that's an assumption that I'm making. Two bodies are meant to change. That's another thing. 
as you go through different stages of your life. Um, and we completely dismiss that and think if we just go back to eating X, Y, Z, or if we just cut out all of these foods, then everything will be okay. No, you got to handle your shit. You got to handle all of the things that aren't so obvious because those are the things that are going to drive the behaviors that you are seeking to adopt. So if you are trying to eat healthier, for instance, it's not about you just buying all the vegetables and fruits. Yes, that might be a start. But if at the end of the day, when you and your spouse had a really terrible fight or you have some uncomfortable thing that was left unaddressed, the fruits and vegetables that you have in your fridge not going to help you because you're not probably going to look for that. You're going to look for the snacks that you have in the cupboard that's going to give you the comfort that's missing because you did not deal with the issues that you're having with mm-hmm. your spouse or the issues that you're having with the kids or the back pain that you might be dealing with that's causing you your sleep to go terrible. You know what I mean? That's impacting your appetite. People aren't willing to stop and take a look at themselves and on the inside. And it's very uncomfortable. And I think one of the biggest things, if we could do the more of this is to just take some time to look at ourselves not in comparison to anybody else not with judgment one of the key 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 um uh pillars of the work that i do with my clients is that when we go through the self-awareness because we do have an entire third of my programs and coaching focused on self-awareness that self-awareness piece we ask that you do it without judgment or criticism which means you're not going to apply you're not going to apply your mother's snarky voice to the situation or the thought that you have you're not going to apply the judgment you think your spouse might give you to this issue you're just gonna sit in the moment of awareness sit in what is mm-hmm. and explore that and see what comes from that because a lot of time once we start to do that kind of work we realize that a lot of the shit that we, we're trying to um, bypass with food is not about food. Food is not even it. Mm. Nowhere near it is it. We're just not ready to deal with those things. And I say this all the time. Therapy is something that helps people. Uh, everybody, not everybody needs to go to therapy, but everybody can benefit from therapy. And I think that's that. And whether that's, you know, regular therapy sessions or quarterly or whatever the case is having somebody help you explore some of those deeper seated issues is is a good way for those who have the privilege and the access to that because access is also something not everybody has that access everybody feels safe and comfortable enough to go and seek that kind of assistance so one of the things is to ask yourself and you don't even need to necessarily do that but if you can stay open to finding a space for that awareness you'd be surprised what can happen and this might come through simple some simple act as journaling simple act as meditating and like a five minute meditation and that just to bring your awareness to feelings in your body something like that um putting down your thoughts on paper saying it out loud you know talking it out simple things like these are ways for us to kind of put a mirror ourselves Um, and I think when we start to do that is when we start to realize what is at the heart of some of the the issues that we're having around our healthy habits not just the nutrition piece 
Yeah, I feel like um, being self-aware and mindfulness is a scary thought um, and, and for many people because it can bring up, it allows those parts of the mind where you've put it in a box, you crumbled that paper, you put it in a box and you stored it away. It brings them to light um, and it kind of like just projects them in your mind and you have to come to grips that you know this is what happened because there's always a a deeper rooted um oh what am i trying to say a deeper rooted some something happened right so there's 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 more to the story um than mm-hmm. meets the eye so if you have and like for like let's let's use myself for example uh, w- with food and um it was understanding where it originated from and, um, you ask yourself, oh, it's because I, you know, I, I, I just thought I was fat. No, no, no. But why, you know, what significant, um, thing happened in your life, occurrence happened, or, you know, something must've happened there that led you to be this way. And it was in fifth grade, we were in a circle with a bunch of friends. And I remember three of the boys were like, well, you're fat if you were only skinnier and pretty like the other girls. And most of these things do happen in childhood and we store them and they become beliefs. They become part of our belief system, but it's getting to that root because I feel like many times, like you said, and I, and I can totally, I do completely agree with this is that our negative image towards food starts at a young age but there's also, there's always a correlation to the story. Well, why? But people are so scared to get to the root of it. And sometimes because it's maybe because mom and dad are the root of it, or, you know, um, someone really special to you, or maybe it's just a past trauma that you don't want to experience again. Um, but mindfulness in a sense is the key to all doors of life. And the more you become self-aware and it's just like this new light that appears and the sensations, and you could just feel your body working. It's like a, not an outer body experience, but you just feel connected with yourself and a more grounded understanding of what your potential is, what you're capable of, and you don't limit yourself. Um, and everything around you just becomes healthier, not just your, what, how you, what you perceive yourself as the, your reflection, in the mirror, but also, um, the food around you too. You don't put those restrictions like you used to, or, you know, say no to the birthday parties or say no to the family gatherings. Um, you go and, you know, if you have, if mom made a beautiful pie in front of you and you would like a piece you won't try to uh, guilt trip yourself into saying, well, I'm going to have a slice, but tomorrow morning, I'm going to make sure I work out for two hours. So I make Mm -hmm. sure I burn it off. You, that doesn't exist anymore. It's I'm going to enjoy this. I'm with family and friends in the moment. um, And it's okay. You know, it's okay. It's as simple as that, rather than trying to come up with some story in your mind of why you deserve it. Yeah, uh, again, it goes back to the conditioning. And I think we accept some of the messages that we have been told as mm-hmm. fact about ourselves. 
um, surely science exists when it comes to foods and so many things and, and our bodies in particular, but we don't, we rely so much on what that says and don't take the time to actually pay attention to what's happening to our bodies. I mean, and in some cases you have people that only need to start with the food. So maybe people, their education about food was, you know, eating a certain way and they realize, okay, this is not making me feel good. And then they go and experiment and realize, okay, this is making me feel better. But at the same time, it's not, they're not going to turn around and just diss the food that they were eating per se, or, or, you know, burn it to the ground. Some people do, but they might just realize, okay, well, this is home, this is culture, but I want to feel better. I want to, you know, level up so to speak I want to do things different I want to become somebody else and for me to do that I have to explore the ways my body will feel when I incorporate more fruits and veggies or when I drink some more water as opposed to all of the soda you know that type of thing but it takes that willingness to want to do those things Mm -hmm. Um, I think what trips a lot of people up is the feeling that they have to I'll say this unapologetically but one people don't owe their health to anybody you you don't they don't so oftentimes you'll see people say well I owe it to no you don't your health is your own and you can choose to do what you want with it Mm -hmm. what needs to happen is accepting that choice Mm -hmm. and one it's not our job to judge people for accepting the choices that they've made it's not our job to judge them rather where we can only accept it we might not agree with it but people have the right to choose how they want to do their health um, and for you you don't wait to anybody else okay so you have to first of all recognize that if this is something you want to do for you if you want to change things then it's about you how are you going to make this change how are you going to um, try things but you have to be willing to want to do that a lot of people think they have to people you ever I don't know if you've ever experienced this um where you go on a diet or you say you're going to try a diet and you get pissed because the diet excludes certain things you're like mm-hmm. I don't want to do it. I don't want to leave this out and you get pissed and you do it anyway you exclude it but you're still mad about it mm-hmm. I'm like that defeats the purpose of you trying it because if you're going to be pissed it means it's not what you want. It means you're not ready to make that shift, if that's the right shift for you. Versus when you decide to make a change, it becomes a less of a matter of I should do this and becomes a game of curiosity. Like, what will happen if I try this? So you see the difference? One becomes, because you've already had a block, that barrier, you're, because you're not ready for that shift you're not ready to make a change you don't want to, and that's okay and I think that's something that people fear if they're not ready to do a change make a change or do something they feel fearful of saying that um, and owning that because people they think people are going to look at them differently right. and they're going to also judge themselves but it's okay if you're not ready like be stubborn like say if that's if you just want to be stubborn about it be stubborn about it when you're ready to make that change you will um, and the difference will, will be obvious because when you're ready to shift, you become curious, you're willing to experiment. Um, but the other thing too is that experiment and experimentation and curiosity needs to happen without an attachment to a specific outcome. And I think that's also the other thing that trips people up. 
that if it does not lead to X, aka weight loss for the most part, or your body changing in some all, then it's pointless. Then right. what's, you know, it doesn't, it's not, it's not beneficial. But why is weight loss the only option? You know yeah. what I mean? Why yeah. is, what about what's happening here? What's more mm-hmm. happening, you know, in the way you think about things? Other, other changes are happening. So with something I always invite people to question, are you doing something specifically just for the outcome? Uh, and would you do it if the outcome wasn't guaranteed at all? In fact, outcomes are never guaranteed. But if you knew for a fact that nothing would change, would you do this? Or would you continue to do this? And if you can answer yes, truthfully, then it's something you want to continue. What if you answer no, then you know for a fact that you weren't ready to make that shift. You were just doing it because it promised you something. Yeah. Wow. I love that. I love that a lot. Uh, hopefully those of you listening, you know, take that time or play it back and ask yourself. I feel like a lot of us who struggle, um, struggle in particular because we struggle with asking ourselves the hard questions. Um, and that is a hard question because most of us either will answer yes, just to continue and still fill it in here as a hard no. But like you said, our stubbornness, um, will keep us on this path that we are unhappy. And ultimately it does play effect in our overall well-being and who we are and, um, uh, generally affect those around us. Um, we're not better for it. We're worse. Um, but, um, how now getting into, you know, you were in the fitness industry for a while. I mean, you still are because you're a nutrition mindset coach, but you went from, you know, this bodybuilding background, um, former athlete, and now you come to this place of nutrition mindset coach, but how has it been for you in accepting the changes that your body went through? Because we talk a lot about self-love and a big part of that is, um, which I believe it to be, I don't like to use body positivity, body, oh, what's the other one? Acceptance. It really comes down to, for me personally, is body neutrality because our bodies are constantly evolving. They're constantly changing. We might not always like the changes we see, but in order to come to this sense of uh, well-being in here and self-love, it's just about loving how we are. Even if we don't like what we always see, maybe I don't like the way my arms aren't as defined or whatever. Um, But in a sense, how have you accepted the changes from going to a bodybuilder um, athlete to now you're in your forties and, you know, the, the, the different stages and, you know, your body has evolved throughout that time. <sighs> I'm going to be real honest. It's been a shit show. <laughs> um, honestly, uh, to be, to be frank with you, that it's uh-huh. been, a that's been the most difficult piece that body acceptance Mm -hmm. um from the perspective straight aesthetics i'm just going to talk just from from the aesthetics point of view because like i said i'm coming from a sport 
well, I was involved in two sports, volleyball and bodybuilding. Yeah. And with bodybuilding, it was just all about aesthetics. But at the time with that, I didn't particularly think, okay, you cannot sustain this outside of competition. Like your plan is to just continue being lean. But unfortunately, that's that was the plan to continue maintaining this lean physique, especially because I was a personal trainer and a fitness instructor. So to me, it was me, you know, good marketing. <laughs> On yeah. So when things started to change, when I stopped teaching, um, which meant I stopped being super active, when I stopped playing volleyball um, and competing, so it meant less training hours, less time in the gym, um, the body obviously was going to change for me. And it was a slow, initially was a slow change. Um, where I, you know, I would still be concerned with, okay, my body is looking this way and I'm not happy with it. So let me try clean up my eating. I'm going to be honest, that's where it went. Um, and it took several attempts to do that. So the last time when I tried, I was like, this is bullshit. Like, no, I don't, like I felt in my gut, like just the idea at the time of counting macros again. I was like, no, hard, no. And that told me that, Shanique, okay, it's not about the food. Let's get comfortable with being uncomfortable in your body right now. Um, and that took some time for me. And even though, now that I'm, you know, over 40, going through changes again, it's another, it's another, um, it's another level. So I, I kind of have to go back to using the tools that I use to, practice that body acceptance body awareness one and body acceptance and for me body awareness is just for one detaching myself from the body image um, ideal and that was the hardest piece to detach myself from that coming from the physique that I had to no longer having that physique I started to have to, I had to shift Shanique okay your body's not what it used to be in terms of looking like what it used to look like, but so what? You can still lift, you can still work out in certain ways, you can, you know, still run, can still play, you know, I play beach volleyball every now and then. And for me, I started to focus on accepting what my body could do. And that in and of itself was the best option. And I think it did quite a lot for me. And and having started to focus more on the things I could do, it made the sense of loss from no longer having a body like I used to. Um, it made that less, less of a thing. Mm -hmm. It became unaccepted. I'm like accepting, okay, Shanique, your body is in a different stage, which means it's going to look different. How can you celebrate it in its entirety at this moment? And every time I get to a new stage, that's the continued reminder. Right now, my body, I can't even lift the way I could lift a couple months ago because I'm dealing with back pain. Yeah. It has ha I've had to go through that process again. What, how can you celebrate what your body can do right now? For me, it's walking a lot or walking as much as I can. Um, when my body feels up to it, now I'm at a place where I can do a little bit of lifting or my lifting has been, it's improving. The back pain has subsided or is subsiding. Every time that happens for me, it's celebration, which means it means my body can do a little bit more. 
So focusing more on what my body can do completely helps me get over the shifting of the body, but also recognizing, and I think this is a big thing, that my body was not meant to stay the same. It just wasn't. And I'm not going to think less of myself or that I'm less healthy because it does not look the same. And I think that's an image that we've been sold, um, browbeaten with, <laughs> beaten over the brow. Yeah. But it is your job to control your body and make it look a certain way. Mm-hmm. And that's bullshit. That's, that's something we've been fed that it's a lie. Your body is meant to change. And you can either fight your body by trying to change it when it is trying to um, thrive. Um, and when you fight it, oftentimes what happens is you're not helping it thrive. You're yeah. beating your body down. When you're trying to shift focus and say, how can I help my body thrive in its current season? Then you start to you know, experience different things. Um, and it's gonna be it's natural to feel frustrated with things not happening the way you want them to, but also recognize that you can't control everything. And I think it boils down to control. A lot of people think control is where it's at, and we have control of our bodies. In a sense, we do, but in a sense, we don't. We kind of have to just work with what our bodies mm-hmm. we can do the best we can to help it thrive, and then our body's gonna do what it's gonna do. Right. And it's for us to. Again, it goes back to that self-awareness because a lot of people don't stay connected to their body or are not connected to their body. So they don't even know head nor tail of what's going on. So to even, you know, we're nowhere to begin. They're just trying to hammer the same old thing. Eat less, move more. That mm-hmm. type of situation. So if your body's changing, it's time for you to step things up. It's time for you to do something drastic. It's time for you to panic as opposed to how can I lean into this current season? and make my body thrive or help my body thrive. For me, it's having to evaluate at every single moment when I'm faced with a new challenge. Recent one is my back, because up until a couple months ago, cycling was my new thing. Um, I didn't get to hike this summer because of my back. That bummed me the hell out. Um, So I just had to get in touch with the fact that, okay, you're limited right now but it's temporary. Do what you can, minimize the pain, follow your doctor's orders, stick to the plan to help your rehabilitation. And that is my focus. And focusing on that process as opposed to the outcome is what's helped me navigate it with um, feeling less crazy or feeling less stressed about it. But it's a constant journey, meaning I don't just get to a point where, oh, I'm okay with my body as it is now. And I'll never have a bad day. Oh, God, no. <laughs> yesterday, I had a bad day. I mean, yesterday was my anniversary and I was going out. And I was like, oh, my God. And, you know, I, it was just one of those days where I just did not feel particularly comfortable. But then it boiled down to me comparing myself mm-hmm. to months ago when my body was different. And for some people, it, like it, they might feel like something is right. It's their fault, the fact that their mm-hmm. body changed months I mean, three months apart, four months apart. Yeah. That's your body. You have control, but you don't. And that reminder, that constant reminder, you have control, but you also don't, is one way to help yourself through 
those days. Help yourself through um, the transition because you will go through it. You will have changes. You won't have a great body day all the time. Um, the one thing is to acknowledge when you're not having a good one. And I wouldn't say divert your attention. It doesn't make sense to do that. But be aware of it. Be aware of it, which means it's in those moments when your body needs a little, talking to yourself, be a little more gentle to yourself, be a little more yeah. gracious with yourself in those moments. But what our default is to be harsh, is to be critical, is to be negative. So I'm having a bad body image day. Okay, so I'm going to go beat myself up or I'm going to either punish myself with movement or punish myself in some way or I'm just going to sit and wallow in this feeling. I personally hate wallowing. Like Sometimes I want to be my feelings, but that's not for long. That's just me. But who you have others who want to stay there. And that's fine if that's just their way of coping, but also recognize that it's not something that's going to help them move forward or help you move forward. You want to be aware that self-awareness is going to always, that's like your shadow. I call self-awareness your shadow. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah. Because it's always going to be necessary. You're always going to have to, Take a moment, take a breath, turn that mirror on yourself to, to identify what's going on, what the situation is, what is, and then what can you do to move you forward, to get you out of this little rut that you're in. Even if it's not a full stage of scale ladder for you to climb all the way out, how can you get up one step? You know what I mean? Yeah. So for me, navigating the shifts in my body and accepting my body for what it can do has been the most important thing in getting me through these transitions. Because I know come 50 again, when I have menopause to be with, um, that's going to be an, another another stage, which I'm yeah. going to have to go through this process again. So it does not go away, no matter how much you work on that mindset. It doesn't. Because um, you will have those moments when you're like, I've had those moments when sometimes I just like compare myself my body now to how it was say five years ago seven years ago I'm like damn what's wrong with your body then like why were you not happy with it then <laughs> you're like which tells you it was never about your body yep. if you're gonna look back at old pictures and you're like oh my god I wasn't fat I'm just saying that's yeah people might say I'm not wasn't fat I thought I was fat well you know clearly it was never about your body you know it was about trying to meet an ideal so body image is a complex or body acceptance rather is a complex matter and it's we each handle it deal with it um differently but we have to learn to continue to show ourselves grace just show ourselves kindness because that's mm-hmm. something that we don't do a lot of um and show ourselves um what do i say grace kindness and compassion those three mm-hmm. things yeah so glad that you said shit show because I mean let's be honest we live in a society where we are trying to stop stop the aging process Mm. no one wants to get old everyone thinks if you get old it's a bad thing Mm -mm. it is beautiful it is I I you know looking at my aunts and, and my grandmothers and their and the gray hair and just the soft skin. Like there's beauty in that to see that 
they use who they, you know, seeing old photos and the transition and then the in-between and who they are now. Yet in today's world, we're told, "Mm -mm, nope, you got a wrinkle. You got some crow's feet, go fix it. Get some Botox, do this, do this. Keep altering your appearance. When in the end, when you, what I imagine you sit and compare these photos, you take them out. You don't even look like the person you used to be. I think that's more saddening and more heartbreaking to not even recognize your own reflection, you know, and it's crumbling to the mind to, to constantly tell yourself, like, you have to look like this, or you have to, you have to be this, you have to be that rather than, like you said, I love that approach is that, you know, how you know, accept yourself in the moment, how you are now, but find the things that in that very moment, you know, as, as this change, as this next chapter of your life, you know, you've evolved this next stage to find comfort in who you are, like what your body is capable of doing in that moment, rather than constantly find this, well, you know, maybe I can't run a seven minute mile anymore, or I don't have, you know, rock hard abs, or, you know, my face looks a little fuller in the cheeks. Like we're constantly like pointing out all these flaws and all it's doing. And it's storing these negative beliefs in our head. And then we wonder why we feel certain ways about ourselves is that when's the last time did we sit down and find gratitude in who we are, be compassionate with ourselves, be kind, clap for yourself, be proud. When's the last time you sat down and said, I am proud of myself. I am proud. I did laundry today. I am proud of myself. Mm-hmm. Like the littlest things. It doesn't think people think that they have to go through these extraordinary lengths to find fulfillment with themselves in life. And really it's just, it's the smallest little bits of joy throughout your life. And you know, how you feel about yourself um, to find maybe you, you know, you stretched today and you couldn't, you know, you almost touched your toes. Like you know, those little things where you just feel more appreciative because your body is your vessel and it's carrying us through this life where what else is going to carry you? I mean, in reality, you can't come out of it. It's not like we're like this other, like, you know, aliens from outer space. Yeah. We can shed our skin and step out of it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, unless you are, you know, maybe you're a snake or a lizard and you, I don't know, whatever, but you know, if we could just really be one with ourselves and it all kind of just comes full circle when it comes to nutrition and accepting each stage of our lives and where we're at, um, it doesn't mean that you have to feel fulfilled every day. Gosh, I, I, I had a shit show all weekend, all weekend. And my husband was like, are you going to be okay? I was like, I think I just need a good cry. And he's like, okay, that's all right. You know, I get it. Um, but it's realizing those moments where it's like, I don't feel good right now. Like, I don't, I don't know why I don't, but I want to cry. I don't know why I want to cry, but I do. And I'm going to cry. I, maybe I sound crazy for it, but it's understanding too. And like, just verbally telling yourself these things out loud, um, and talking to yourself and maybe you'll look crazy. Maybe you sound crazy. I don't know, but (laughs) it makes you a better person. I talk to myself all the time 
but hey, it makes me aware. Excellent advice. Though, <laughs> yeah, right? exactly. But it makes you aware. It makes you aware how you're feeling, what your body feels like. I mean, even when it comes to working out, if I do, you know, a, a wad, I'll do a wad for the day. If I want to do some bodybuilding, I'll do bodybuilding for the day. Um, whatever I feel in the moment, what my body's telling me, there's times where I'll walk in and I'm like five minutes and I'm like, I don't feel like it today. I'm like, I'm getting out of here and I get out of there and I don't see the garage till the next morning, but it's okay. Instead of feeling that guilt of, well, now I'm not going to have abs tomorrow or now, you know, I'm going to lose some definition in my quads. Um, or I got better, make sure I keep it under 500 calories. And, um, yeah, that's not the way it works and it shouldn't. No, it shouldn't. But also I think one of the things we have to, well, I, I, this is something I always invite people and I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm no longer that person yeah. who tells people that they should do something. Yeah. Um, I always invite people to get curious with themselves. And when it comes to ourselves, one of the biggest things I know we can do is um, uh, shoot, I just lost a train of thought. Ooh. <laughs> you got this. Um, oh, pay attention to the language we use with ourselves. I'm not talking, I'm just talking, you'd be surprised if you were to take, just take, um, just spend one day and listen to how you speak or even think out what you're saying, what you're, what you're thinking, say it out loud mm-hmm. to yourself. And if you were to do that, you could t- and take stock of how you speak to yourself. It will give you great insight. Yeah. Because yeah. a lot of us speak to ourselves terribly. We call ourselves all kinds of names. We... Whether this is because somebody else told us these things, but you call yourself stupid, you call yourself dumb, we call ourselves ugly, we call ourselves um, all kinds of things, and our bodies hear us. Yeah, we we absorb those things, mm-hmm. and therefore it feels like we're always going to be this hamster in this hamster wheel, chasing after this thing, trying to fix things with something that's outside of us when we need to start with what's inside of us so I think one of the things I'm just gonna invite listeners to do is take stock of your language to yourself about yourself and with yourself yeah because we speak we we speak in deprecating ways when we're talking to others about ourselves when in fact you're putting yourself down or you're speaking badly about yourself and this is not to say that you're not going to call your bullshit out because when you do Mm -hmm. when you're when you're you have bullshit days and you're you're talking shit or you're just being a punk Call yourselves out on that. Say, yes, yeah. you're being a punk today. But at the same time, also be willing to say, okay, you're not being nice to yourself today. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, and if you well, were to sit with that for a sec, you'd be surprised what you would learn. Yeah. And, you know, we tell ourselves something enough. That's what we become. That's what we believe. And even when you're just joking around too, I mean, I tend to do these things too. Like when I like do something on accident or dumb and I didn't even think twice about it, I'm like, oh, I'm an idiot. But your mind, your subconscious stores that as you are an idiot. It doesn't store it as in like a joke, like, ha you're an idiot, you're dumb. No, it's, it's very blunt and clear. 
no, you're dumb. And so your, your subconscious doesn't know how to differ between the two. Um, so we just, yeah, like you said, we have to be very mindful and we go back to mindfulness in all areas of our life. Be mindful of your nutrition, you know, how you're feeding your body, what you're consuming, what, you know, how you feel towards what you're consuming. Um, and really what um, you're, go ahead. I'm going to say, and that's, that's something that I always challenge people to do. You say like people, I hear this often, my nutrition is a mess or it's off track. And I always ask, why do you have that idea? What's driving that? What makes it a mess? And you find that it's other people's ideas about what nutrition should be because you've spent no time trying to figure out what it is for yourself. And we take that and we run with that and then we, we, we make it mean something when we're unable to live up to it. So if you were to show some, somebody, if somebody is following you or they're, they're seeing what you subscribe to as far as nutrition is concerned, they're going to say, okay, because I can't keep up with that or I can't, it can't look like that all the time. It is a mess. I'm not doing it right. Um, I'm, you know, I label myself as bad because I include a cookie here or I have a pint of ice cream after dinner that I've already eaten yeah there comes a judgment but it also comes you are measuring yourself by somebody else the mm-hmm. question you have to ask yourself all the time what are you doing now that's helping you move forward what what right now is a win so if you're struggling to have vegetables if you had vegetables at lunch hey that's a win if you're struggling to get some fruits in if you had an apple with breakfast that's a win. Mm-hmm. If you're struggling to get um, some water in, if you replace half a soda with some water, that's a win, as opposed to you trying to get 60 ounces for the day or 50 ounces for the day and missing it and being pissed that, okay, I didn't get it, so I'm failing. So we have yeah. to start, stop watching other people. One. Two, question our ideas about what nutrition needs to be for it to be healthy for us. Because yes, fruits and vegetables are, are valuable. Yes, having whole grains and you know protein is valuable. But let's not dismiss the fact that we can get those things in in ways that make sense for us. So let's go back to your cultural foods. I'm sure tortillas, which are part of your culture, provide a substantial source of carbohydrates mm-hmm. and energy. And then you also tend to have those tortillas with wonderful meaty dishes with vegetables in it am i right Mm -hmm. put those two together what you got a balanced meal sweetie that's a win (laughs) right it's a win you get you get the vegetables you're getting you know you got your carbs you got your vegetables you have some beans you are getting a full meal there but because it doesn't look like broccoli and chicken and it's all separated on a plate it's not healthy so therefore my nutrition is a mess right right right? It's not the chicken steamed white rice and broccoli on the plate, which first of all, I hate broccoli. I can't eat broccoli. I hate, I always hated broccoli, but I forced myself to eat that shit for years because, because it was healthy greens. Granted, I'm from Jamaica and broccoli, while it was something that you could get at a market, Uh something like, um, what you guys call here, bok choy, we call it pak choy. Okay. That is in abundance. 
that and what we call callaloo, which is similar to collard, collard greens. It's just a Colored little greens. smaller uh-huh. in the leaves. Um, for us, that's in abundance. But because broccoli is identified as the vegetable, powerhouse vegetable, mm. we assume that's what we need to eat. You don't need to eat broccoli to be healthy. Yeah, no, you don't. I can't I, eat it. First of all, I, so I refuse to eat it now. I like, just refuse to eat it. No. Yeah, I, I loved broccoli as a kid. And the older I got, it, it's one of those things I cut out because I became self-aware and mindful of my body. And I always tend to get very bloated after eating broccoli. Me too. Me too. And so you have to listen to your body. Like you listen to your gut. You know, it's, it's crystal clear when something isn't working for us. If you're visually looking at it, you obviously don't always look that way. So something must be wrong, but sure enough, there's so many of us out there that will keep eating the chicken and steamed rice and broccoli, steamed broccoli, because so-and-so online told me that that's how I'm going to lose weight. Um, or it's always, what you see as the predominant yes, as a, thing. Yes. Like, oh, this is, this is the gateway to all, this is the answer to all your, all your life's problems. When I'm like, no, it's not. It is not. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I just, you know, I kind of want to close by saying, cause I can have another call in a couple minutes. Yeah. Is that when it comes to your nutrition mindset it's not just your nutrition your mindset's gonna impact everything but the reason i speak to nutrition habits and the, the mindset or the reason i speak to nutrition mindset is because a lot of us are carrying ideas and perceptions about healthy nutrition which ultimately is the goal that aren't serving us they might be helpful but they're not necessarily helpful to us yeah. And inviting people to examine what those ideas are and how they are helping you and how they are harming you is going to set you free. Because a lot of people, um, I recently just sent out a, a survey to my email list. And one of the things quite a few, I think quite, maybe the majority of people that they struggled with was they already know what to eat. They struggled to eat it. And that tells me this is also something that's common among the people I have as clients. This is stemming from the perceived idea that if you're not following a clean diet or you're eating a certain way, then you're not doing healthy nutrition. Then you're not doing it right. What a healthy nutrient, what healthy nutrition looks like for you is going to be different from what it looks like for me. Mm-hmm. Granted, there are some things that might not be helpful to you that you want to keep in your diet for instance um milk in any form doesn't i have a histamine response to milk mm-hmm. but i like but shortbread co- shortbread cookies mm-hmm. which if i eat shortbread cookies it creates problems for me so knowing that i'm like mm, i'm not gonna have shortbread cookies as often you know what i mean right um understanding that some of these foods might not particularly help your energy they might not help your skin they might not help your gut but if you're you're not going to be aware of that until you start taking stock and if you're removing foods based on those things that's different from removing foods just because you think it's going to help you lose weight if you're if you're tuning into your body that's going to help direct 
your nutrition. But a lot of us are disconnected from our body. So we have to start one, um, asking ourselves, whose ideas are we following? Are they helping us? Are they harming us? And then how can we start making changes to our nutrition that's benefiting us from a place of curiosity? And even if you do have um, aspirations to lose weight or weight loss or fat loss as a goal, recognize that one, you can't always be on a, on, on a diet. It is not sustainable. And for a lot of diets, you need to be in calorie deficit. Okay? Right. Recognize that diets, one, if you want to pursue that, are short term options or calorie going on a calorie deficit is a short term i wouldn't call that plan just a short term option it's not a long term health plan and so many of us are still on these these diets or trying to diet thinking it is the long-term plan they need when it's tuning into their bodies and understanding the way food works for them right and recognizing that you can create health and nutrition however the hell you want. Mm. Because it's going to be nutrition that's helping you show up. It's going to be nutrition that's serving your body. It's going to be nutrition that gives you the most energy. Yeah. It's yeah. going to be nutrition that helps you um, be your best self. And you can notice, but you have to start taking notice. You have to be a little more curious. Stop outsourcing it or finding out what works for you, stop outsourcing it to somebody else. That's the one thing you can't have. You have to be an active participant in your nutrition. Right, right, yep, absolutely. Um, Is there a quote, because I don't want to add to that because that's perfect, but is there a quote that you would like to close out the podcast on? Um, I ask everybody, but is there a favorite quote of yours or maybe one of your quotes too? like your Nintendo one, <laughs> but um, uh, is there one that you would like to share with the, the listeners? The one thing I would like to share, and it's not so much of a quote, it's just a real reality though, uh-huh. that the more you try to control or the more, um, one of the things you're going to find happen is as soon as you stop trying to control your body and your healthy eating habits through dieting, as soon as you stop trying to do that, that's when you're going to find you're going to have more control. It sounds counterproductive, but that's really the way it is. I think I did put this quote up one. I think I did on, on my Instagram where it says, funny how... Funny how much more control you have over your eating habits when you stop trying to control it through dieting. Yeah. I yeah. think I did put that up. And that's something that I, this is not to discourage people from dieting. It's just, again, to say dieting cannot be a long-term health strategy. Right. But learning to, to um, nourish yourself is. Right. Yeah. Nice. I hope that was no. That was it's not my It's not my best one, but. I love that one though. I love that one. And this true. So, um, yeah. So but thank going you. back to that one that you did say was your new mindset around food is a reflection of your, of how you see yourself. Yeah. I, that one, I really like that's, I wrote that one down. That's in my journal. Um, just a constant reminder. Um, I just love your page. I love your page so thank much. You. So I'm going to put everything, all your information on the synopsis of this, um, podcasts and also 
when I share it on my IG page, but where can they find you? Where can the listeners find you on your social media platforms? All right. You can find me on Instagram at Shanique Allen underscore. Um, my website is shaniqueallen.com. Um, my Twitter is also Shanique Allen underscore. Um, yeah, I also have a my master your nutrition mindset um, in a day. It's like a VIP day. I have that offer out now and my calls are, oh, my schedule is open for calls now to see if it's the right fit for people. This is to help people shift their mindset so they can move away from this diet mentality to adopting healthier nutrition mindset. So mm-hmm. hit me up. Yeah. And I'll have all that. I'll have all the direct links to her website too in the synopsis. I hope you guys took away as much as I did. You are empowering others by educating them and also sharing your story um, and helping them really create this life where they are the best version of themselves. So I thank you for what you do on a daily basis, you know, how you're changing the world. Because on this podcast, our mantra is to do something today that leaves the world better than you found it. And you are doing that every day. Um, and just reinforcing, you know, to others that it is um nutrition is such an important part of our well-being, but so is our mindset um towards nutrition and just, you know, our life. So I thank you for being a guest. I thank you for saying yes. And, um, yeah, I hope, um, you have a great rest of the week and, um, I'm gonna chat with her for a second, but thank you guys for tuning in and listening. I hope you all are doing amazing and we love you guys. We will talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Let me drop you guys some discount codes. First on the list, we got first form. If you haven't already, head on over to the website. We got the our self-love effect link in the synopsis. Head on over, check out their supplements, the best on the market. Quality, best quality supplements you'll find anywhere on the planet. If you guys do have questions, please let me know. I'm here to answer all your questions in regards to protein, um, their micro factor vitamins, pre-workouts, post-workout, let me know. I'm here for you. I want you to do, I want to see you succeed. I want you to hit your goals. So also I, if you haven't heard, I am a coach on the first form app. You could download the app and add me as your advisor, Desiree at selfloveeffect.com. Now coming at you and don't wait on these because born primitive has their launch just around the corner for their Halloween collection. Head on over to Born Primitive and that link in the synopsis and also the link in my bio on my social media accounts gives you 10% off and the link itself, once it's a, it automatically applies that discount at checkout. So there's no actual code. The link is the code. Head on over. Also, save your hands. Stop tearing. Love your hands. They love you. So head on over to Wad and Done. Also, give them a follow on social media at Wad and Done. Save using Treasures 10. If you love headbands and all the designs or solids, whatever you love, head on over to Maven Threads. Follow them at Maven Threads on IG and save at checkout using Self Love Effect 15. Then I felt like I was missing one, right? Because I am. 
head on over to our apparel shop at www.selfloveeffect.com and get yourself some swag along with our new holiday. What is it? Halloween, I guess. Drop. Of course, it's my favorite holiday. Anyways, code self love effect. Head on over, support us, get some self love effect goodies. And you guys, I just want to thank you for all your love and support. Um, it means the world to me. So as this podcast continues, my one hope is that it changes the lives of not just one, but many, because we're doing it together. When you inspire, that person becomes inspired. So it may started with the pilot of this podcast, but it's been growing because of the lives that have been on the show and that have been vulnerable by showcasing their strength through vulnerability and sharing their story. So we're in this together. We're doing this together. And thank you for your love and support. Until next time, I'll see you guys Thursday. Love you guys. Have a fantastic week. I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye.